About three months ago, Emily Webb and her six children were traveling along Route 3 in Columbia, Illinois, when a large truck struck their SUV. Emily died upon impact, leaving a huge void among family and friends. She is remembered as a beloved wife and mother, but she was also a big part of the St. Louis clogging community. Emily started dancing here as a young girl, and she was an active member of the Thunder and Lightning Clockers of Southern Illinois. They have attempted to carry on and keep dancing even as they mourn Emily's loss. St. Louis on the Air producer Evie Hemphill has more. As journalists, one of the things we're taught right from the get-go is to never include ourselves in a story. But this particular story is a bit of an exception. That's because I knew Emily, and I loved dancing with her. It's a springtime Saturday night in O'Fallon, Illinois, and George Portz's annual fiddle contest is getting underway. Allison Krauss won it back in 1982, and that continues to be one of the festival's main claims to fame. What's not as well known is the dance troupe that typically sets the tone for the evening, the Thunder and Lightning Cloggers of Southern Illinois. Inside the Knights of Columbus Hall, a modest and mostly older audience is still arriving as we line up for our first dance. And with Emily's recent passing, it all feels bittersweet. rousing Ruby. Ladies and gentlemen, the lady that's making all the noise over here. That's Dee Hardgrave making the introductions in between our sets. She's Emily's mother, and in many ways the matriarch of our group. She got us back to practice and back on the dance floor within about a month of the heartbreaking accident. I, you know, I, I keep Emily in mind the whole time because I know that her love for dance was beyond outside of her family and her children, her love for dance was just, you know, immense. It was huge. And um, I know she would want the dance to continue and want people to dance and not mourn because we know she's dancing in heaven and that she's happy. Dee says it hasn't been easy to keep going, but she knows it's what her daughter would want, and that's inspiring for the rest of us to observe. Lucille Ohms is a member who, like me, has been dancing with the group for just a few years. Even though we've known Dee, Emily, and the rest of the Thunder and Lightning Cloggers a relatively short time, they've quickly become like family. I so feel for her. I have so admired Dee in all of this, of her continuing. And I I know how hard it is for her, you know, having gone through, similarly, we lost our daughter and how hard it is to go back out in the world and and know that it's it's you know she's not there and other things that come up like the clogging routine that we did are not so much the routine but the show we had and I think every show this year is going to be difficult for for uh, D and uh, I think that's our support for her. Brenda Newton is another critical leader helping our group keep going. She says she always thinks of Emily at performances like the Fiddle Fest. It was during those bluegrass shows that Emily and her husband, Brian, would often perform a duet of sorts. At George Port shows, um, she and Brian would usually do a dance together, or definitely Uncle Pin. And just seeing the two of them dance together was beautiful. I didn't even 
Here's Dee again, encouraging us after our most recent performance of that piece. Awesome. Good job, guys. We just uh, actually learned that just recently. Along with being a wonderful dancer, Emily was also an excellent teacher of clogging. Bev Manning co-founded our group along with Brian and Emily years ago. She says Emily was patient, funny, and clever, and that she could get her fellow cloggers to try new things. Emily was very creative and very smart. And she knew she was an excellent dancer. So we would perhaps have a routine that somebody had taught us, and it's very cool routine, very repetitive. And Emily could come up with something to snazz that thing up. And there would be people who were like, oh, I can't do movements, I can't do arms, I can't do this or whatever. And she would just smile, but let's just try it. You know, and we would just, let's just see. And she could charm anybody into doing it. And, you know, then... And it always worked out well. They always loved, oh, that's my favorite song, just like Real Time is one of everybody's favorite songs. But that was, that was, a, I remember those days. It was just made me laugh, the complaining that went on. <laughs> but, you know, let's just, let's just work through this. And she was always so patient. And, uh, you know, I never saw her lose her temper at all, just smiling, um, but yet encouraging us to, to try something different. Structurally, clogging is a different beast than a dance like ballet. It's fair to say it's not as complicated, but there's a certain level of complexity to the footwork of clogging as it's done today. It has its roots in Appalachia and also draws on European as well as African and Native American elements. All of that infuses its characteristic shuffling and dragging of the feet. My own experience with the tradition began in the late 80s as a young kid in Alabama, Mom would pack my sister and me into the Oldsmobile every Monday afternoon for the hour's drive from Selma to Montgomery. It was the nearest gathering place of cloggers that she could find. And when we moved to Colorado in the early 90s, Mom started a new group so that we could keep dancing. Friends from the community and the church my dad pastored soon joined in, along with my little brother. We started performing at nursing homes, local festivities, and the annual state fair. Those venues are similar to the typical performances the Thunder and Lightning cloggers do today. It's not often glamorous, not sophisticated, yet there's something sort of irresistible about this dance form that takes the ordinary sound of a shoe against a hard surface and works a kind of magic. Dee has seen clogging transform dancers of all ages as well as audience members. I've watched people dance for many years. My dad's 93 and my mom's 89, and just until two years ago, they still danced. They still clogged. They still jig danced. They still did it all, but it's the only thing. I mean, I have great genes, but it's also the thing that has kept them young. You meet a lot of people. You make good friends. You entertain. You put smiles on people's faces. Emily's husband, Brian, made it back to clogging practice with the kids for the first time about two weeks ago. He was the one recently teaching the rest of us the song he and Emily knew so well, Uncle Penn. That was the night before the accident, which not only took Emily's life, but also put their six children in the hospital. Until just a few weeks ago, two of them remained there, undergoing surgeries and intensive therapy after suffering severe brain trauma. 
Brian is busy taking care of young Olivia and Levi, as well as finding a way forward for the family as a whole. One thing he doesn't expect to change is their love for clogging. It's how he and Emily fell in love growing up. We met um, at um, uh, Happy Dapper Cloggers uh, back, I don't know what year it was, probably 1987. And uh, so we both joined the group at about the same time in the summer of, of 87. And uh, we met in St. Charles, um, and she was a cute, cute little blonde, uh, 11-year-old girl. And I, uh, I remember I, I had my eye on her from, from the first time that I met her. So she was a, an exceptional clogger, and we, we really enjoyed and had a great time um, and um, clogging together then. That's Brian on the phone from St. Louis Children's Hospital. She had so much energy when she danced, and she was just a natural talent. I mean, there, there are so many people that enjoy doing it and love doing it, but uh, just don't have a natural aptitude for it. But Emily, Emily was not that. She was very talented, had a natural aptitude for dancing, had great rhythm, and she just had such tremendous energy when she entered the room. Her knees and, and legs were high off the floor, and she loved to smile and, and just had a great um, stage presence about her and really drew the audience into her performances. So she was a very energetic and, and lively, smiling person. Brian says Emily would have been elated that the Thunder and Lightning Cloggers are carrying on. We have a very strong faith, and so we know that um, her death is is not final, but is a stepping forward um, into uh, eternal presence uh, with her Savior. So we are, um, we know that that is not final, and she would not want anyone here to to be so mournful that they would stop doing anything that uh, that she enjoyed immensely. Emily's influence on the local clogging community was particularly obvious at the memorial service that drew family, friends, and cloggers from all around the region. Ruby Bush, another member of our group, says she was amazed by the hundreds of people who gathered to celebrate Emily's life. As a family, uh, the cloggers all came together, not just our group, but cloggers from Missouri Mm -hmm. and cloggers who she was with and Happy Tappers. And some of those young ladies I talked to, when they were like 14, younger than when she had grown up, and they were talking about how they they were struck by how she was so kind and considerate and would teach them dancing and that they drove a distance to come here to be um, at her funeral that day and I met them for the first time. And um, so I think she's touched so many lives in the clogging and dance world when she used to go to the clinics and people know them so well. And um, that just shows you how much... Um, love and consideration she had for people because if not they wouldn't be there and that's why that funeral as big as it was in the morning and dancing um, I, I think it touched everybody because we were all mourning but if it hadn't been for dance we would have never met him the thunder and lightning cloggers are part of a small army of people helping brian and Dee and the rest of emily's loved ones carry on in her stead Some of them have even stayed overnight with Olivia and Levi at the hospital to give Brian and others a break here and there. It has been unbelievable. Uh, The support that we've received is, um, I I just could not imagine being so well supported uh, by the clogging group, um, but then our our church family and our friends and our our immediate family, and then people that we have never even met. We I received 
so many cards from people that that started off by saying, you have no idea who I am, but um, we've seen Emily at clogging shows, or we've seen you dance, or we've seen your family dance, or we've seen your family, my my daughter who's in the hospital now, seen her in fiddle shows. Um, the, The community has just been amazing. Dee echoes Brian's impressions and also can't speak highly enough of the staff at Children's Hospital. Everybody on the neuro floor is absolutely amazing, and I'm sure other areas too, but uh, these nurses just have seen so many miracles, and so many people have come to us who have been in this situation Mm -hmm. and told us their stories, and um, these you see these kids that are just a picture of hope and they're now going to college and one's going to seminary and one's back in high school and they're they're just flourishing they're doing great and it just gives us so much hope that you know that our kids will be back there someday too Olivia and Levi were both released in May after about two and a half months they still have a long road ahead but Brian says they continue to make good progress before the accident Olivia regularly stole the show at our clogging performances as both a dancer and an up-and-coming fiddler. Now she does not yet have use of her right hand, but she still remembers the songs, and she demonstrated that in a recent music therapy session. The therapist asked that they bring Olivia's fiddle. Here's Dee. Her dad started to play a recording of Cindy, which is a song that she plays on the fiddle, and she began to note it with her left hand. And her teacher was there, George Ports, and he was watching her note the song, and she was doing it exactly as she would play it. Oh, it was very emotional. Um, George started crying, I started crying, and it was just amazing to know that, that all of that is still in her memory, that her, her injuries, as extensive as they were, Her brain is starting to become active again and recall things that are familiar to her. Dee says she's honored that Emily was her daughter. She had so much talent that I didn't recognize until she started dancing. And I'm just really proud of the joy that she brought her audiences and the people she danced with. And... um, you know, in her service, it was very evident that all the kids she had danced with over all the years and everybody had just, they just poured out their love and concern and care for the family and Emily's kids. And it just, just um, made me really step back and say, wow, she was really a wonderful, wonderful woman. Rocky Top is the unofficial national anthem of clogging. And no matter how many times I've danced it, many times with Emily, we never seem to grow tired of it. We've attached so much meaning to that song, to the steps over time, and there's this wistful quality to it. Now, as we remember Emily, we dance for her.
That's producer Evie Hemphill, herself a member of the Thunder and Lightning Cloggers of Southern Illinois, reporting on their fellow dancer Emily Webb, who died about three months ago.